When it comes to understanding your personal brand, it's important to get a sense of how that personal brand is perceived. But that could be quite a difficult exercise. I mean, certainly you can reach out to a few people and get some feedback as to their perceptions of your brand. The challenge is that they may not be completely honest with you uh, because you're asking them for feedback that they've got to give to you personally. So that's why with the work that I do, I use a uh, survey, a 360 survey, which is actually a personal brand assessment uh, that I've been using with clients for well over 15 years now. And it's the only assessment that I know that is out there that gives you that opportunity to get feedback from a wide variety of people. The, the feedback is anonymous and you can ask questions as to their perception of your brand. And so in this episode, what I wanted to do was just take you through my own 360, which I recently completed. Uh, it's the first time I've done it in a number of years. And the survey that I use has just been updated. So I thought it was a good opportunity to try out the new survey and then see what results I got. So that's what you're going to get today is uh, get a little bit more of an understanding of how my personal brand is perceived. All that after the break. Welcome to the Personally Brandtastic podcast, where we help you build your personal brand and business so that people can find you easily, want to work with you, and can't wait to refer you. If you're looking for the REI branded podcast, you are actually in the right place. We recently renamed it, but the content is the same, helping you to build your brand and business, reach more people, and stand out from the competition. My name is Paul Kopkin, and every day I work with real estate investors, professionals, and business owners who want to stand out from the crowd and attract more of the right opportunities without feeling inauthentic or spending all day doing it. It's all about communicating how personally brandtastic you are, because marketing is how to get their attention, but personal branding is why they choose you. Okay, so as we uh, dig into the personal brand survey, this is something that you can actually go out and get done yourself through the company 360 Reach. If you'd like a special price on that, just reach out to me and I'm happy to pass that on to you. I don't make anything from it, but just be a, a direct transaction for you if that's of interest. So this was the feedback that I received. So the, the way that the 360 works is you select a number of people. Normally, I advise somewhere between 20 and 30 people. What you'll find is that even though you're picking people that should know you well, they don't need to know you as well as a partner or a spouse or a best friend, but they need to know you well enough that they're going to answer these questions. Even when you go to a group like that, the chances are the majority or at least a good number are not going to respond. And that's just, you know, people get busy. Sometimes these kind of assessments, when you reach out, they get caught in people's spam filters and, and they don't make it through. Or they just don't feel that they know you well enough that they want to give that feedback. So it's, it is important that you pick people that know you well enough that they're going to answer these questions. So the basic questions are, what words would they use to describe you? And there's a list to choose from. What skills do they think you have? Again, there's a list. What is your greatest strength and why? What is your greatest weakness and why? And then you're asked to be compared against some objects. And the reason for this is that sometimes it's hard for people to pick words, but it's easier for them to pick things that they're very familiar with, like cars or household appliances. The other two selections could be cereals or breed of dog. And you basically have to pick two when you're filling in or getting the survey set up. Uh, so I pick cars and, and appliances. 
And sometimes it's easier for people to pick an appliance or a car and then give a reason why uh, than it is necessarily just to pick the words. So it, we do get some interesting feedback from that. And then they're asked to pick a role that uh, they think you play. Uh, and again, there's uh, choices from that. Uh, there is the opportunity for people to add extra comments. So typically what I'm seeing in terms of responses for these kind of assessments is from that 20 or 30 people, you can expect to get 12 to 15 responses would be a, a pretty good response rate. So around about 40%. And of those, probably around 20, 25% will actually take the time to add extra comments at the end. Um, so if you're seeing those kind of numbers, that's a good response rate. If you're seeing lower, then you probably need to go back to your list and maybe add a few more names or Certainly, you have the opportunity within the assessment to send reminders as well, because sometimes, as I said, people get busy, uh, they forget, uh, you can send a reminder, the reminder only goes to people that haven't responded. So you're not bugging those that have taken the time to complete it. Uh, and it shouldn't take people more than five or 10 minutes. That's key as well, when you're trying to get feedback is you don't want something that, you know, all of a sudden, they're expected to spend 20 or 30 minutes filling in something. So in terms of the responses, you'll see, first of all, I had 27 responses out of 52 requests, so just a little bit over 50%, which is a good response rate. And we'll look at the comments further down, but I, I'm pretty sure I was above the 25% uh, the rate on out of those 27. And the people that fill in the survey, the, uh, the assessment, are asked to, how, uh, to identify themselves in, in a category of respondent. They can have the option to pick other, which you see here on the report, 19% of my respondents picked other. And that usually means that they see themselves in more than one of the groups, or they're fearful that I can see the responses about what they're saying and they don't want to be identified. There is no way for you to see who's responded unless they specifically put their name in or some way of identifying a comment that you know it's them. Uh, otherwise, it is totally anonymous. You see 19% of my respondents picked themselves as other, but the majority came through from clients or colleagues and peers. Uh, so 33% on clients, 26% on colleagues and peers. Brand personas, uh, when people are asked to pick the attributes or the words that they would use to describe you, what happens is these get paired into what are called brand personas. So for example, my number one brand persona is rock, uh, which is trustworthy and reliable. Charmer is likable, as predominantly people said likable. Entrepreneur, probably so, a little bit self-explanatory, but entrepreneurial is one of those words. So you, you get the idea. But to be honest, this isn't the part of the information that I find useful when I'm working with clients on their personal brands, because I really want to know what the words were, the attributes. And there's a definition here in the report of the the different personas. And then what happens with the skills is they get paired into, or not paired, they get grouped into what, what are called leadership competencies. So uh, depending on what the leadership competency is, it might have two or three skills. It might have five, six, seven, or eight skills. Although you're seeing a ranking here, you know, inspiring is the number one that could be coming from six or seven skills versus developing might come from two. Again, it, there's some value here, but the, the real value is, again, looking deeper into the skills, which we'll come into. This breaks it down into relative ranking. So as you can see, although I had inspiring at the top here, what is useful is that 
this gives it a relative ranking based on the number of skills within those groups. So expressing, which is about communicating predominantly, is actually my number one kind of leadership competency. And then the second is inspiring and then closely followed by developing and then relating. So inspiring is you know motivation, empowering. Developing is about self-development, predominantly learning. And then relating is, is, as suggested, kind of relationships, building relationships. And then the leadership styles, this is the, the role that I play. Uh, so again, breaking that down. So out of the 27 people that responded, over half picked coaching and mentoring as my top kind of leadership style, followed by collaboration, which to be honest, I'm very pleased with in terms of both of those coming up the highest. And the breakdown here is the, the percentages, which we saw in a table earlier. And then it breaks it down by category of respondents. So clients saw charmer and rock, so likable and uh, dependable as being my top two brand personas, and then confidence and so on down there. And then in leadership, they saw it as inspiring was by far the highest and then relating. And then it breaks it down by the various groups. Once you're down to numbers of three out of 27, you know, kind of 11%, you can take some of it as data, but it's probably not something you're going to make big decisions around. And then as we're going down strengths, uh, so strengths and weaknesses, it really is just a collection of what people have said. So some people have added comments, some people have just picked one word. So there's quite a different kind of breakdown of different responses and uh, the same as, as weaknesses. And what I will do is um, I'll post on my website and link it in the show notes will be a copy of these predominantly the, the, the main kind of responses and answers in the feedback. And then the projective exercises, I mentioned car. Again, it's going to be a list and some people just named the car and other people picked the car plus some feedback. As you can see, some people got into quite a bit of detail. Some people don't know cars, so they, they'll say so. Some people will even respond to this part of it it's saying you know stupid question i'm not going to ask answer or but it's uh, you know that happens that's uh, you can't push everybody to answer and then again appliances again it's what people think and uh, giving an explanation so there's quite a, a varied uh, things but what you're looking for is some commonality around the descriptions that you're using to describe those uh, those appliances or those cars and in my particular report, which, as I say, you can see when I post it on my website, is uh, there's some continuity of what they've identified in the skills and attributes uh, is kind of reinforced in the projective exercises. And then part of this 360 is you do get the opportunity to complete your own self-assessment. And what you're looking for there, as this chart is showing, is if I've picked the persona and also my respondents have, then it's marked in red. So as you can see, there's some some areas that I feel is part of my brand and other people are seeing that. Uh, and there's other areas that I think is part of my brand. At the top there is comedian. You know, I think I'm quite witty, but it didn't really come out as a major top brand persona. So if that's something that I would want to be identified as part of my brand, then that's something I'm going to need to do work on in terms of how I'm communicating that to the people I'm trying to reach. And the same uh, on the reverse, you know, if people are picking things, uh, personas that I haven't identified, then what is it that I'm doing that is communicating that? Do I want to be known for that? And if I do, 
I need to be thinking about how am I embracing that and doing doing it more consciously. And the same goes for the leadership competencies here. And then here's the raw data. So this is the piece that I kind of get a little bit uh, more in depth with in working with clients, because these are the things that I'll start to use as we're building out their brand assets, as we're writing bios, as we're writing web copy, or we're looking at social media strategies. These are the kind of things that we're going to be using uh, is what are the attributes and skills that are standing out? Some of those may be skills and attributes that are also associated with other people that do what that client does. So those are what I term the table stakes. They get you in the game, they get you considered, but they don't differentiate you. Whereas uh, there may be others that are what are termed emotional skills or attributes. So they're not needed to do the the work or to be known for uh, that type of role. So those are differentiators. And those will be the reasons why somebody wants to work with you, for you, or hire you. It may also put people off. So that's okay as well, because that is probably not going to be somebody you want to end up working with. But it's an opportunity to differentiate your brand. So as you can see, my top attributes, the top words that people use to describe me, likable, entrepreneurial, intelligent, trustworthy, reliable, collaborative, dependable, supportive, easygoing. If some of those you would want or expect to be in somebody like me and then others, there may be opportunities there for me to differentiate myself. And then from the skill set, relating to others, building relationships is my top skill. Then coaching, communicating, growing professionally, which is really about learning, inspiring others, developing ideas, empowering public speaking and presenting. And then we've got the comments. So we've got one, if you see a dash, it basically means that it's a new comment. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. So nine out of 27, 33%. So uh, within the kind of expectations of, of the feedback. So overall, you know, the reputation report as it's known, or the 360 report is, as I say, something that is kind of a, a core part of the initial brand foundation work that I do with clients. Uh, it's an important part of it. And it's something that I've been using, as I say, for, for a long time. And I do find it incredibly useful. And, and my clients do as well. In most cases, the clients, the feedback that they get, it's not totally surprising. If I look at my my own 360, I'm not, not totally surprised, but there's one or two areas there that I, like a, the comedian that I mentioned is kind of thinking, um, got me thinking, Okay, that's something I believe is part of my brand and potentially a differentiator. And it's not something that other people are recognizing. Uh, so if that is something I want to be known for, that's something I can raise in my, my activity and my communication. If the something like this might be of interest to you further in terms of spending some time getting uh, my analysis, helping you with that, how you might be able to use it, just reach out, paul at paulcopcut.com. Happy to have a conversation with you about what that might look like and uh, have yourself a brandtastic day. Mm -hmm.